0: We have officially moved on to the divisional round of the playoffs with the first game being tomorrow as we are recording this on Thursday. You guys will be receiving this on uh, Friday night, but you are listening to the Fumble Ruski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. I'm Adam Wright with Justin Tucker. As I said, we have a great show in store for you guys tonight. We're going to tackle all of the matchups from the Saturday matchups of Jacksonville at Kansas City and the Giants at Philly to the Sunday matchups with Cincinnati at Buffalo and Dallas at San Francisco. And joining us to cover all of these games, we have a new guest. We have Grant Flood, who is maybe the happiest Jaguars fan alive after this past weekend. Grant, welcome to the show. Why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners?
1: Well, thank you, Adam. Glad to, uh, to hope you're having a great night, everybody. I am Grant Flood from Floodster Sports Zone. That is my YouTube channel where I love to do play-by-play broadcasts, especially for the NFL and the NHL. And uh, yeah, Adam reached out to me earlier this week. He said, want to hop on the Fumble Ruski podcast and podcast you and know, talk about some playoff football and I said absolutely. So, thank you so much for having me on and yeah, it should be a great week of football following up. It was already a tremendous week last weekend. I mean, oh. you you said it.
0: I'm mean, with some of these matchups. I thought that some of these were going to be slam dunk easy wins for some of these teams and it turned out that the Bengals the Bengals Ravens game was it was only decided by a possession with their uh, with their backup and then you had the other game, Miami at Buffalo, with the third-string quarterback only winning by three, did Buffalo. Both teams limped into the divisional round and are facing each other, and we'll get to that in a little bit. And, I mean, also, I can't uh, – speaking of the Jacksonville Jaguars, I can't, we can't forget about their historic comeback, third-largest comeback in NFL postseason history. At being down 27 points. They now go into a matchup in Arrowhead where they're going to be underdogs against the Kansas City Chiefs. So this game is so this game is on Saturday at 4 30 p.m. Eastern Time. And we're going to start by covering this one along with the other Saturday matchup. And we're also going to go into the Sundays as well. And we're going to go around the table and give our game picks. But Grant, I'll start with you. Kick us off. Try not to be too biased, but who's winning this matchup?
1: All right. Well, bias aside, uh, you know what? The Jaguars, man, they have had such an incredible season. You know, this was supposed to be the rebuilding year, and to make the divisional round on top of it is incredible, but to come back in such a way against the Chargers that's only been done two other times before, I mean, it's just simply phenomenal. The defensive line is young. It's fantastic. If we can get Mahomes to, you know, we pressure him. He throws the ball deep. Maybe we have a chance, but, uh, you know, I I think the secondary is drastically improved uh, as well. Tyson Campbell having a tremendous second half of the season. But, you know, we we were the underdogs last week. I think Jacksonville thrives off being the underdogs, but – You know, to say that we can just march right into Arrowhead Stadium and, you know, defeat Kansas City, I'm not sure about that. Now, I think this is going to be a lot closer of a game than what many people are expecting, but I'm going to go with 27-24 Kansas City. Jacksonville's run defense still shows a little bit of holes. They let Austin Eckler score two rushing touchdowns last week, and Derrick Henry went off in the first half against Jacksonville in Week 18. Uh, The two-headed monster between Isaiah Pisacho and Jarek McKinnon, two very good receiving backs. Jacksonville, they tend to give up a lot of third downs early in games, and you can't do that against a heavy-powered offense like Kansas City. I think it's going to be a very close game, as I mentioned, but 27-24, Chiefs just pull away. All right, well, you do raise a good point there.
0: If they're going to win this game, the Jaguars, it's going to have to be a close one where they just gu- they just barely gut it out because it's just going to be very tough for uh, for them to just go in and blow doors against a chief uh, this Chiefs team in their own house. But uh, Tuck, what is your pick for this game?
2: Uh man! Can the Jaguars actually pull this off? They definitely could. <laughs> they definitely. They could. I'm going with the Chiefs here, but I think it's definitely going to be a shootout. I think it's going to come down to who has the ball last. I think Jacksonville will tie up the score, but then eventually give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes, and that's where it goes GG. And I think it'll be close. I, I think it'll be better than expected. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to show you that his first half against the Chargers was a fluke and that he'll look much better like he did in the second half. And I think he'll, he'll once again prove to you that he is the franchise quarterback and that it's just a matter of talent and that Kansas City just overwhelmed them and being the better team. I see it going 27-30 Kansas City.
0: All right. Well, I'm probably going to take Kansas City as well. But I'm going to say if the Jaguars are going to be in this game in any sort of capacity – they're going to have to play like they did in the in the second half of that game, rather than the yeah. first half, because if you make mistakes against Kansas City, they'll make you pay for it, and they're going to bury you with the scoreboard. It's going to be it's going to be that bad. So they really need to play like they did um, in that second half. You know, I believe Trevor Lawrence threw for three touchdown passes over three hundred yards. If they're going to if they're going to win this game, that's what they're going to have to do, play mistake-free and they they still might not win even if they do that. That's what Buffalo did last year in the divisional round and Kansas City just outpaced them. And they they went down and they and they won and made it to the AFC Championship. I'm still taking Kansas City. It's going to be a close game. I would say let's say 20 to It won't be that high scoring, but they'll put enough distance between uh, themselves and Jacksonville so that they can uh, slow down Trevor Lawrence and company. The Jaguars might be the team of tomorrow, but the Chiefs are still the team of today. That is what I said about the Chargers when I was previewing the last matchup. Um, And I was right in the first half, but just, I underestimated how Trevor Lawrence could just figure things out in one game. That was unbelievable. Um, okay,
1: so. Doug Peterson also does, you know, a lot to that offense. Really motivating Trevor second half of the season, and uh, yeah, definitely coaching to Doug Peterson helping out with this team's motivation as well. And yeah, they're definitely not going to roll over and die against Kansas City. They're definitely going to stick around and and definitely get the Chiefs to run for their money.
0: Yeah, and maybe they got past all of their all of their, you know, their jitters early on in that first half and they're just all past it completely now that they've actually played a full playoff game. So they I mean, so they did they they had the luxury of hosting that game. Now they have to go into Arrowhead, which is on record the loudest stadium um in the in all of football. So that's another test for Trevor Lawrence and company. But either way, I mean, it's it's hard to be negative about this team because they weren't even supposed to be here in the first place. So, like, either way, it's a win-win for them. They they're getting their postseason experience. This young team, and they're also and they're gonna be better next year. So it's all moral victories from here. So. Of course, we're, we we have we're gonna have higher expectations for the Jaguars down the road. But for now, it's you can only go up from here. It's not they're they're done taking all of these L's. They're they're going to be better ne- uh, in the coming years. But mm-hmm. um, I wanted to go to the next matchup, which is Saturday at 6:30 p.m. Eastern Time. That is the Giants at the Eagles. So another David versus Goliath matchup. Two of them in one day. So you have the Giants with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, kind of a depleted wide receiver core. However, they managed to pull the upset last week against the Vikings. Can they do it again, Go uh, traveling to Philly, Grant?
1: You know what? Uh, it's going to be a shock to many, but I do. 24-21, I have the Giants defeating the Eagles. and. You know, I think this is just because Daniel Jones is playing turnover-free football. Fifteen touchdowns to five interceptions in the regular season. The guy has playing his first efficient play pretty much throughout his entire career. You know, as a rookie in 2019, and just seeing him struggle in 2020 and 2021, I'm not going to lie. I thought when the Giants signed Tyrod Taylor this offseason, they were eventually going to bench Daniel Jones for him. But Jones is playing turnover-free ball. Saquon Barkley staying healthy, really, for the first time since the 2019 season. And he had a great first half against Minnesota last week. Daniel Jones also had over 70 rushing yards. And you could say what you will about the receiving core, but Isaiah Hodges, nice job stepping up in the receiving core. And Darius Slayton, You know what? He had that drop late in the game, but he has been a very efficient receiver all season. This defensive line is incredible. They stuff out scrambling quarterbacks. They played Philadelphia tough in week 18 with most of their backups. And, you know, with a healthy defensive line with Leonard Williams, with Dexter Lawrence, with Kayvon Thibodeau, why not stuff out the Eagles run defense Make them go deep, and you know what? If you cover A.J. Brown, you have a shot at winning this football game. I'm going to go upset Giants 24-21. Eagles win, I wouldn't be surprised either. Again, very successful year for the Giants, but I, I see them in the NFC Championship. Yeah, well, they do match up fairly
0: well against the Eagles. So there there's a possibility there, but Tuck, what's your prediction?
2: Uh, uh, this one's difficult. I like both teams. I I like both teams. I'm surprised the Giants were were able to turn around as quickly as they did to make the playoffs. I'm surprised they made it to the divisional round. And I'm just as much as shocked that the Eagles are the number one seed right now. So overall, I'm proud of them both. But if I had to go with one team, I think it's going to be the Eagles. Lane Johnson is coming back, which will be big for that O-line. I think that run game will increase and that passing game will get better. I think AJ Brown will abuse the corners of the New York Giants. And overall, I think the the Eagles were just a better overall team than the Vikings. I don't think they'll have the same problems that the Vikings had against the Giants and that's where I think the Eagles will take advantage and, pl- and come out with the W. Of course it'll be close cuz not only is it the playoffs, it's a divisional rivalry game, so of course it's a nip and tuck game. I think Jalen Hurts will do more than enough to get the job done. I think that running game will be sufficient. I think that Eagles defense will stop Saquon Barkley before he can even get started. So I'm taking the Eagles in this one.
0: All right. So last week, great win against the Giants. Amazing upset. I mean, I didn't see that. I didn't see them winning. Um, Although it was a popular pick for a lot of NFL fans that there was going to be, um, that they that they were they would pull it off but here's here's a big reason why it didn't happen or why it did happen so the Minnesota Vikings they rank towards the bottom half like actually very close to the bottom of the league in team sacks so the eagles are first in sacks and it's not close between 1 and 2 the Eagles have 70, and the Chiefs have 55. That's the gap. Mm-hmm. So for Daniel Jones to play turnover-free football during that game, of course he did because he didn't face much pressure. Now you take that team and you, you take it, you put that offensive line against that Eagles front seven, and you might not be as turnover-free as you were uh, this past weekend. So with that in mind, it might still be a close game, and it, if it and if it is, the Eagles also haven't been the best in uh, in one in games where they it's decided by one possession. Um, so I will go with the Eagles in this matchup, but I'm proceeding with caution on this one because the Giants are one of those teams that just looks like they're not afraid of anyone. And they could beat anybody if they really went in there and they did everything right. Only problem is I don't think they will because they just they're going it's it's just not the best matchup up front. So I'm gonna take the Eagles. It'll be a it'll be a low it'll be a lower scoring one. Let's say twenty three to twenty. It'll it'll be that close. Um all right. So that is our Saturday matchups. The Sunday ones are some real good ones. Break out your popcorn for these ones. Cincinnati at Buffalo and Dallas at San Francisco are next. You're not going to want to miss this. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. is the fumble ruski podcast by power 88 and secret weapon consulting adam wright justin tucker and grant flood with you tonight so we've moved on to our sunday matchups um we're going to talk about cincinnati at buffalo on sunday at three o'clock p.m and dallas at san francisco on sunday at 6 30 p.m uh just a just some quick news on the Jaguars at Chiefs game. So the Chiefs ruled out wide receiver McCole Hardman for Saturday's matchup. No, so does that does that change anything for
1: you guys? I mean, it doesn't, but. I will say I'm a little bit more confident in special teams play now. Uh, that was a worry of mine. Mecole Hardman, you know, this is also a battle of the kick returners. Michael Hardman for the Chiefs, Jamal Agnew for the Jaguars. But I might have to give Jacksonville the slight edge in the special teams now with Hardman being ruled out. But at the end of the day, I'm still going to go with Kansas City winning by three. But, well, that, that will certainly limit the passing game. But still with Juju Smith-Schuster and uh Marquise Valdez-Scantling being healthy. Chiefs still got their main two receivers. And they still have pass catcher Travis is. Kelsey. So Travis they, Kelsey they, have, too.
0: they have a lot of pieces there. Um, but it is – and they they have – did you mention Kadarius Toney?
1: Kadarius Tony, wide receiver three. And you know what? He's been a great turnaround for Kansas City since they acquired him at the deadline. He's been really good too. They have a lot of solid
0: pieces there. I mean, it's, it's not like they have that one number one elite guy like Tyreek Hill anymore, but they have a lot of wide receiver twos and threes. And with Patrick Mahomes over there, he turns them into ones and twos. And then you still have Travis Kelsey, one of the best tight ends in the game. Um, but with, without further ado, we have Cincinnati at Buffalo. So guys, what are your
1: picks for this game? I think I'm gonna go with the Bengals here, 34 to 31. Uh, It's gonna be a shootout. Expect both Burrow and Allen to throw for you know three or four touchdowns apiece. Expect both Jamar Chase and Stephon Diggs to get about 150 yards apiece. You know this is gonna be very similar to the Chiefs Bills game last year. It's gonna be a high scoring game that could potentially go into overtime. It's gonna go down to the wire for sure. Between the two heavyweights of the AFC at least in my opinion and you know what I think Cincinnati's just gonna edge it out I know Buffalo is at home but uh you know Bills Mafia is gonna be rocking uh Highmark Stadium for sure but yeah give me the Bengals here just because they, they've kind of built off this playoff experience last year right winning the wild card game at home Going on the road and beating the Titans, going on the road and being the Chiefs making the Super Bowl. I kind of think Cincinnati's gonna do perhaps a very similar thing this year where they go on the road, beat Buffalo, and then go on the road and beat Kansas City again. We shall see, time will tell. But I think that the defense is going to be, you know, a defense is a strength of the Bills, but you know, if anyone's gonna crack that code against guys like Tredavious White, Matt Milano, it's going to be Joe Burrow. I think having Vaughn Miller inactive for a situation like this game definitely hurts Buffalo a little bit defensively for sure. And uh, you know what? Cincinnati, I would favor their receivers against the Bills corner group. you are going to probably have Tredavious White on Jamar Chase, but you know their secondary kind of trails off after that. Jordan Poyer could potentially be returning to the lineup, so that was a storyline to look at. But I will say Bengals win All one. All right, so the
0: home un- the underdog coming in and taking out Buffalo, huh?
1: Mm. I definitely right. think it's possible with their previous
0: playoff experience. All right, so talk. What's your pick?
2: Uh, well, when I first saw the matchups after you know Sunday night, I. I originally, my first thought about it was, who cares? um. So there was my first thought. But when I looked at the matchups, I'm going to be honest. I'm picking everything that is going up against the Bills. So I'm picking, I mean, going up against the Bengals, so I'm choosing the Bills. I don't care about anything else. I want the Bengals to lose no matter what. I am very biased against this. But, again, if I'm not being biased, I think the the Bills have the team – to beat the Bengals because they have a solid defense, and their offense has Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, and a Marietta receivers like Cole Beasley. And I want to say Isaiah McKinney and John Brown. Forgive me if I can't remember off the top of my head, but I believe those are the receivers. But So they have a quality receiver group. They have a quality run game. They protect Josh Allen enough to where he doesn't make too many costly turnovers that they can't come back from. I think Joe Burrow. have a very good game at the same time i don't think he'll have a better one than josh allen i think that's going to be the difference i see the bills getting this one done 27 24. all right so both of these
0: teams healthy i take the bengals by a mile however the bengals just aren't healthy not even close have you seen that that offensive front lately It doesn't look good. So on Christmas Eve against the Patriots, they lost their prized acquisition from this offseason, right tackle, Lyle Collins. Then the following week, they lost their other prized offseason acquisition in Alex Kappa. And then, to make things even better, during their wildcard matchup, they lost left tackle, Jonah Williams. So all they have left right now for their starters at least is their center Ted Karras, who they did who they also acquired over the offseason and the kid who they have at left guard that's all they have for their starters so yeah, like you cannot from looking at that you can understand why it was so close against the Ravens because they have just such an elite front seven but when you look at how injured that offensive line is, like you can get away with playing that inefficiently against the Ravens with with how hurt they are. But when you take that and you go into Buffalo against Josh Allen and company, you're not going to be able to, to keep pace with, uh, with that Bills offense. You won't. Um, now, what it looked like from – at least the small sample we got of these two teams facing off against each other in week 17 it looked like the the Bengals were going to were just steamrolling over them so maybe this equalizes a little bit and it's a close game i still think it's going to be close but the Bengals they don't they need to protect joe burrow in order to win games I mean you can you saw it from the the first half of the season to this the, to this half. They were very up and down and they were kind they were coming out with victories and then losing games. But then once they started to figure things out on the offensive line with all these new faces they started to gel. Then they then they figured things out. For that 7 game stretch, they only allowed 8 sacks. Only 8 sacks during that stretch of time and they won 7 in a row during that time. Now you're losing all those pieces. So what was helping you winning those games is not is it's not there anymore. So <laughs> I I my hands are tied here. I have to pick the I have to pick the bills. It's going to be close. It's going to be close. And it will be kind of high scoring. I'm going to go 26-21 Buffalo wins. It won't be a pretty one. Um, it'll be a close one. And they'll all they'll both score over 20 points, but I mean it's it sucks because I was really excited for this matchup, but it's it's not going. I don't it's just that Cincinnati won't be um at full strength. Furthermore, they should be this game should be on neutral grounds. There's no reason oh my it shouldn't be It's no it's not fair how they did this. It's not. It
1: has to be on neutral grounds. There's no reason why Buffalo gets the advantage in this. I, I was kind of thinking the same thing when it was originally announced that the game was going to be playing, played in Buffalo and the AFC Championship was being played in Atlanta, if, of course, it results to Bill's Chiefs. So, yeah, I, I could definitely see the point you're bringing up there about how this game could also potentially be in a neutral site. But
2: Why, why couldn't the Ravens just beat them? I don't – this is <laughs> – I. this is – this is what hurts. It's not so much my team lost. It's the fact the Bengals won, and we, we're still having this damn conversation.
0: <laughs> oh, no. Uh,
2: we are having this conversation. Get over it. <laughs> get over it. It's at a neutral playing field. Move on. It's
0: not at a neutral playing field. This game is in Buffalo when it shouldn't be. I'm they sorry. It have... should not be. It should be on neutral grounds.
2: Win more games. That's all I got to tell you. One more games in the regular season. Don't lose them.
0: Well, it, it it doesn't help when those games are get can getting canceled. For if, good ben, if the Bengals win that game, they ho- they host a potential matchup with these two the might. these two teams. They might. They do. That's what happens because one goes up to the two seed, which is the which is Cincinnati, and the buffers and the Bills go, go, and the Bills go all the way down to the three seed, which means that's if they, they were one, that's if. If yeah, we're playing hypotheticals when we go into these these neutral matchups. That's just yeah. how it is.
2: Well, I'll right. tell you how it is. The Bills were gonna win that game. That's how it was going to be. But it's they like were up
0: seven three and gashing that Buffalo. They,
1: they, they scored right away on that first drive, and they were driving again before the unfortunate uh Damar Hamlin incident. Man, they, they, they were absolutely again.
2: They, they absolutely gashed that enough Buffalo defense. Come on. So if they go down fourteen to three, you guys are counting it out.
1: No, but I'm not saying, you know who's in the lead, you know is probably favored to win the game're <laughs> we're, n- we're
0: not saying that Cincinnati don't know, don't would run. have could have came back for oh, sure no, okay. We're not saying that Cincinnati would have won. It's the fact that why is Buffalo getting why is Buffalo getting the advantage in this?
2: They were already ahead of standings
0: right. But if they win that game, you're – so the hypothetical here, it's all on hypothetical when we're talking about uh, these neutral grounds. Because the winner of that game gets the higher seed. Right? The winner of that game has the higher seed. Yeah. So with this game being canceled, that should be on neutral grounds. It, it, this this game ha- this matchup has more right to be on neutral grounds than a Kansas City Buffalo matchup does, because Kansas City has very little to do with this, other than the fact that they were kind of gifted the one seed. But you know, they, like these both of these matchups should have been on neutral grounds and they're not. All right. Um, we're gonna move on to our last matchup. So it is Sunday at six thirty pm Eastern time. That is Dallas at San Francisco. So just as everyone thought that Dallas was going to puke all over themselves, and everyone had the Buccaneers advancing and facing Philly in the divisional round, Dallas played probably the best game I have seen them play in years. On both sides of the ball, too. Their defense was solid. Their offense, Dak Prescott, Five total touchdowns. Excuse me. Did he have four?
2: I think it was. I think he had four
0: passing, one rushing. Four. Yeah, four passing, one rushing. That's what that's what I thought. And over three hundred yards. That's his best career game, like ever. That's unbelievable. So, Dallas is now going into San Francisco to face Brock Purdy and company. Grant, what's your pick?
1: All right. Well, I think that this is uh, definitely going to be another close game. It should be a great week for football with all these four games, hopefully predicting how we're going. But uh, I'm going to say San Francisco wins and a bit of a high-scoring one here. I'm going to say – actually, nah. I was going to say 37-27, but I'll go 27-17. San Francisco wins. I think Dallas keeps pace with San Francisco in the first half. Defense – best second half defense in football, hands down the 49ers. I think at one point they shut out their opponents like for five or six straight weeks in the second half. It was something crazy like that. And then, you know what, Seattle had the lead at at halftime last week. San Francisco goes on the second half just – Ran him over defensively. Yeah, give me San Francisco to win. But I will say Dallas is definitely not to be slept on here. I was one who predicted Tampa Bay to win last week. And, you know, I'm thinking, oh, you know, why is Mike McCarthy still the head coach of the Cowboys? How much can Dak Prescott really win in the playoffs? And last week showed us that Dallas is still going to have those flashes. Again, with Prescott scoring five touchdowns last week, I believe two going to Dalton Schultz, C.D. Lamb. Had a touchdown late in that game that pretty much sealed it. Uh, Cowboys defense is very good, too. You know, we're looking at two perennial defensive players right now between Nick Bosa and Micah Parsons. It's a great matchup, But San Francisco, in my opinion, just has the more complete offense. Debo Samuel, he's been returned from injury for a couple weeks now. He's been doing fantastic. Brock Purdy still undefeated as a starter. Christian McCaffrey still carrying the rock very well. George Kittle has been he's been a touchdown machine since Purdy's been in the lineup just you know Dallas offense is good but it's not up to San Francisco's good and same thing with their defense good are they San Francisco great I don't know maybe this game will determine a lot but again I'll go 27-17 San Fran on top all right
0: well you bring up a solid point where you mentioned their second half defense and offense and just looking at the that wild card matchup, I mean, they Seattle had the lead at halftime, and even had the in it was even a. So this game was a one possession game all the way up until the 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 beginning of the fourth quarter, and next thing you know, you blink and it's forty one twenty three the final score with San Francisco smothering the Seahawks. But Tuck, what's your pick?
2: Whoa, 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 whoa. I want to hear your pick for this game first before I go. All this year you've been telling me about these Cowboys. Then last week you told me you don't believe them in, anymore. They're going to lose. Now that they win this week, I want to hear what you think. I want to hear it. I want to know your game prediction before I go.
0: Okay. For those of you who don't understand, I have been I wouldn't say I'm pro Cowboys, but yes. I I sympathize with them because I th- I think a lot of their hate is I, I think a lot of their hate uh is not deserved. It's the a lot of their fans who just bring it upon them. I mean, what are the what are the cowboys doing? What are the what's the team doing? They're the not doing anything. The
1: fans are, but the team itself isn't.
0: Yeah, and they it's a target on their backs. And they were also dubbed uh, America's team, which a lot of people didn't like because they were only really, I mean, that, well, we can, we can talk about this all we want. But I was very, I'll say, optimistic about the Cowboys' chances this season.
2: I'll say.
0: For most of this year, because I thought this team has the talent to beat anybody. The problem has always been that they couldn't when it mattered most. And I thought they, and I, I jumped ship after <laughs> on them after they lost to the, uh, the, after they lost to Washington with their backups. They lost that freaking game. Washington wasn't even trying to win. And they also lost a game against the Jaguars. And we've been talking up the Jaguars all day. The Jaguars are on the up and up, but if you're, if you're Dallas, if you are as good a team as you are, Win now mode. You are you are in the jaguar The Jaguars are looking to win in the future, and whatever they can get, they'll take it. Cowboys, they might punch you in the mouth, but if you do that, like if like if they do that, you need to still come out with that win, and you didn't. But look, they beat the Buccaneers, right? Mm-hmm. Which was a good win, but the Buccaneers mm-hmm. have had their issues too. Like, in fact, even worse than, like, much, much worse than Dallas. So I'm really not fooled by what Dallas did this past week. They had a good game, and I'll give credit where it's due. They beat a team that they should beat. However, now you have the 49ers who are playing mistake-free football with a third-string quarterback. That feels sustainable to me. The fact that they lost their quarter, their their starting quarterback, their backup quarterback, and are playing now with their third stringer, and they haven't missed a beat. You think this Cowboys team is going to throw them off? Absolutely not. It might be a close game. Dallas might hold their own, but at the end of the day, they're the Cowboys. This is the 49ers. Give me the 49ers in this matchup, and I think they pull ahead. They don't win. They might win by a possession. I'm going to give it a little bit more than that. Let's say let's say 21 to
2: 30 all right just checking just checking for because for a second there i really thought you was going to pick them cowboys i didn't and then if they were to lose you already know who i was calling i'm just i'm just making sure i'm picking i'm picking san francisco cuz i believe in that defense more so than i believe in the cowboys offense and the cowboys defense i don't think will stop Christian McCaffrey or Brock Purdy putting up numbers against them I think there will be holes for days because that running scheme is legit amazing. I don't know how they continually make this running game better and better each year, but they somehow do it. I think the passing game is underrated, especially with the way Brandon Ayuk is playing right now and the way Debo Samuel is playing. I think Brock Purdy is putting up good numbers for the positioning he's in. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback, but I'm not sure if he's even the future of the San Francisco 49ers right now with their carousel of quarterbacks right now and overall i just believe in the 49ers ability than, uh or like playoff like caliber than i do the cowboys the cowboys showed me a little something beating tom brady beating his unbeating his unbeaten record against them or snapping it i should say but i believe san francisco will put the cowboys in their place uh i want to say 27 to 20 but it could can- It could be more. It could be more. But I still pick San Francisco to pull it out.
0: All right. So I think we're all in agreement where we take San Francisco. Um, And it won't last forever. One day, there is going to come a day where the Dallas Cowboys snap out of it, make a postseason run, and win a Super Bowl. You and we're going to get everything. all of their and we're going to get all of their fans rubbing it in our face saying how about them cowboys cowboys taking it this year them boys all of that which will be annoying but it's going to happen at some point it has to there's no way it it lasts this it, it it'll it'll happen at some point it just won't be this year all right so there are all of our game picks so we're going to move on to Grant's guest segment where he's going to talk about his Jaguars team's future and how their rebuild process is going so far, expectations for the future, all of that. This is a segment you won't want to miss. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski Podcast. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright, Justin Tucker, special guest, Grant Flood. We welcome you to the guest segment of our show, sponsored by Secret Weapon Consulting. For business plans, secret shoppers, bar spotting, server and manager training, and so much more, visit www.secretweaponconsulting.com. So for Grant's guest segment, he is going to talk about The Jaguars and their rebuild process. So, Grant, what do you got?
1: So, I mean, pretty much, as I already mentioned, even with them losing to Kansas City Saturday, as a Jaguar fan, you know, you got to be happy with this season, right? How could you not be? I've been a fan of this team since 2013. And, you know, we're a decade into the journey, and this is only my second playoff appearance you know i i understand you know those teams like the browns and the bears and the texans and the lions like when you guys get on those just like losing skids after losing skids and you just you know have a just rack up a bunch of losing seasons in a row i understand what you go through as a fan you're passionate though you stay and if you stay you're gonna get rewarded and i think this is with a bright future with the jaguars here because listen the I thought when Urban Meyer, you know, when he got fired, I truly thought that, wow, you know, here we are with Trevor Lawrence, with Travis Etienne, with a lot of these young Josh Allen, a lot of these young, talented players, and their primes are just going to go to waste. We'll trade them all in a few years, and oh my goodness, we aren't getting any better. Sure, instead of winning two to four games a year, we'll win five to six. But, you know, that's not drastic improvement. And then along comes Doug Peterson. Uh, Now, when we first hired Peterson, I was like, okay, you know, a decent stopgap coach, you know, we'll keep him for two to three years. But I didn't realize how important he has been to this team. And this second half run that they've put together here, it has showed this team was sitting at, Four and seven. All right. Um we just lost to the Lions. I'm sitting here like, okay, decent run. At least we won more games than last year, but you know, lose out, get the better draft pick. Um, I didn't realize how battered up Tennessee was. We go into Nissan Stadium, we defeat the Titans. Fantastic. We're still three, four games out of a playoff shot. And as the Titans kept losing, the Jaguars kept winning. One of the craziest games I've ever watched before that Chargers game was that Cowboys game in week 15. Coming back from, what was it, 27 to 10, Zay Jones catching three touchdowns, Rashawn Jenkins pick six in overtime. That was the game that made me believe, wow, we're going to make the playoffs. And at that point, Jacksonville was still two games out, but that didn't matter. That, that didn't matter to me. I knew that Destiny, they were going to make the playoffs this year if they won that game against the Cowboys. And that was the start of, wow, Doug Peterson was the right hire for this team. And this defense has been playing like that ever since. This run defense, second half of the season, has been absolutely phenomenal. Shining down Derrick Henry in Week 18. Slowing down Austin Eckler in the second half last week. Uh, I mean – they, they got on a roll. They got on a roll. Simple as that. The defense has been forcing turnovers. Again, Rashawn Jenkins, game-winning pick six against Dallas, game-winning force fumble against the Titans returned by Josh Allen for the touchdown with three minutes left, clinching a playoff spot. Trevor Lawrence not turning over the football, and Travis Etienne emerging into his own as a running back one. I was mad earlier this year when the Jaguars trade James Robinson. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought that was a move that, you know, was going to set this offense backwards. But Etienne has developed beautifully into a running back one. Zay Jones, at one point he led the league in drops. He is fantastic. And Christian Kirk. A lot of people said he was an overpayment. I was not one of those. I knew the Jaguars desperately needed a receiver. I was happy when they got Christian Kirk, signed him to a four-year deal, and he has been playing incredible over 1,000 yards this season. Now, if they win this Saturday, great. We can talk about a Super Bowl appearance, but that is only if they win, and I'm not expecting them to. I think we got to wait a little longer for that. I think next year there's a better chance that they go further in the playoffs. Calvin Ridley, the trade deadline acquisition, he's yet to step foot on the field. Now that is going to be a wide receiver combination to talk about. You're expected to lose Marvin Jones – this free agency but you gain Calvin Ridley having him Jones and Kirk as the three wide receivers along with re-signing Evan Ingram which he emerged out of nowhere after having a couple of struggling seasons with the Giants he emerged he's caught what five or six touchdowns this year fourth amongst tight ends in receiving yards and he even caught a touchdown against the Chargers last week like Ingram turn around Big time. And he definitely deserves a contract. Uh, This offensive line's done really well. Walker Little's doing a nice job stepping in for the injured Cam Robinson. And, yeah, I mean, expect this defense to, you know, stick around long-term. Tyson Campbell, Josh Allen, uh, Arden Key, Devin Lloyd, all these young players. Trayvon Walker, even, number one overall pick. All these young defensive stars this year showed that they belong to me on the team long-term, and I would love to lock these guys up to long-term contracts as next season I do believe our contending window opens. Uh, but, yeah, very f- bright future for the Jaguars, and uh, I-, I couldn't be happier as a fan right now win or lose against Kansas City Saturday. This is just the stepping stone to what could potentially be a Super Bowl championship a couple of seasons down the road if we are able to make that happen down the road in some time but uh that's my uh future about the Jaguars it's a bright one so well thanks a lot I I
0: couldn't agree with you more on just about everything you said listen this is a Jaguars team which has had some good a good amount of resources this year uh in the past few years uh between uh draft picks uh, cap space, all of that, and they've used they've utilized it all. So you look at the draft; they've they drafted Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, Devin Lloyd, Trayvon Walker, a lot of good young pieces to contribute to this team. And they also spent in free agency, bringing in Christian Kirk. They added some pieces on the offensive line. They've extended their, uh, uh, his bodyguard, left tackle Cam Robinson, who is out for the year, but he's a big part of why Trevor Lawrence has been one of the most protected young quarterbacks in the league, as opposed to a Justin Fields over there in Chicago. Like they're really utilizing everything. And that's what is the most encouraging here. And I haven't even mentioned Calvin Ridley, who was acquired in a trade. So, it's just the the future is looking great for this Jaguars team and i i got to say i might i think i have i'm i, mean, I think i think i think trevor lawrence is going to be one of the better quarterbacks in this league in a couple years time um and uh yeah you know like we're it's going to get to a point and tuck had to leave um he has class but <laughs> It's going to get to a point where in a couple of years time, maybe even next year, we're going to be mentioning Trevor Lawrence in the same breath as the likes of Joe Burrow, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. I hope now, I'm not I'm not going to say who's go, who's better than the other because we don't even know if Allen and Allen and Burrow have reached their ceilings and we don't know where Trevor Lawrence is going to be. So it, it, we can just muddle all those those four quarterbacks together and maybe mention Justin Herbert as well. Um, he's he's trapped in, in, uh, he's trapped in L.A. right now with some questionable coaching and an injury-riddled, talented but injury-riddled team. But they found their guy in Trevor Lawrence. I mean, that, that's their guy. He's the key to everything.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that was my big concern. Again, when, when we, you know, whenever my originally got fired again, I was like, oh no, like we're going to really ruin Trevor Lawrence's career. You know, I'm like, I'm sick and tired of seeing star players leaving. You know, I saw Jalen Ramsey get traded to the Rams. I've seen Yannick Ngakwe get traded to the Raiders. I see Clays Campbell get traded to the Ravens, Leonard Fournette to the Bucs. I'm like, James Robinson to the jets. I'm like, I'm done with, uh, you know, a string away all these star young players, you know, let's actually develop them for once, you know, let let's get that winning culture back in Duval County. And well, again, you, you, you give Lawrence the proper coaching, you hired Doug Peterson, you nailed the defensive draft picks this past year. You get a well-rounded team. Of course, there is some luck that comes along with that. Tennessee having a little you- roster comes with that. But Jacksonville earned this playoff again. Walker could more
0: use blocks? more work, though.
1: Yeah, Walker could. But, you know, they're sitting there 4-7, and 4-8. and eight. I'm thinking they're not going to make the playoffs, but they did. They strung up. They're on a, what, six-game winning streak right now? They've yep. all but earned this playoff appearance. And Trayvon Walker, I'm telling you, he's, he's going to get better in time. I agree. Devin Lloyd has been the better rookie linebacker this year. But I think Walker, in due time, you know, he can reach his ceiling. This defense, man, I mean, we'll their see. Oh, run yeah. defense really improved too. How about Devon Hamilton? I didn't even mention him. Great solid on the defensive line.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see with with Trayvon Walker. They probably should have drafted Aiden Hutchinson. I Walker. wanted them
1: to draft Hutchinson too, but they were they were what? in
0: love with that guy, man. Tray, Trayvon Walker. I don't know what it is about uh, these NFL these NFL scouts and the and the combine, but he oh, was he, athletically doing. he's he's incredible. Just in the stat sheets in college, he never really showed much.
1: Yeah, I wanted Hutchinson too and yes during the draft I was disappointed when we drafted Walker but you want to know what free agency money let's go out get past rusher let's yep. help out Josh Allen let's help out Arden Key let's help out Dewan Smoot when he gets back next year and healthy
0: yeah they help have out some young guys they have some good pieces all right well we are out of time but Grant thank you for joining the show it was great getting your uh your analysis on this Jaguars team and where they're going forward and also all of these game picks. It was great having you, dude.
1: Yes. Thank you, Adam. And I make sure to thank Tucker for me as well. It was a pleasure having uh, the opportunity to come on the show. I really appreciate you guys uh, checking out my work and uh, having me come on the show. Of course, I appreciate it, man. All
0: right, well, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. We have new episodes out on Tuesdays and Fridays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Over and out.